This is Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene from Singapore. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8, Blind Tasting. Today's going to be a solo episode, as in it's just going to be me, and I'm trying to do this in one take, so do forgive me if there are any gaps or any like weird pronunciation errors or what have you. It could get a little rambly, I am going to avoid that as best as I can. Anyway, why are we talking about blind tasting? Well, that's because I have been wondering about this. The past month, the whole of January, I have been going out to work instead of working from home as much as I have been for, you know, the whole of 2021, majority of 2021. So as a result, I need to get coffee when I'm outside. And some of my friends were starting to ask me, how do you decide where to buy coffee from? You know, what, what's, what, informs your decision. Why buy from this cafe or that kopitiam instead of the other one? So as usual, I would like to just focus in. So just thinking about Angmore coffee, how do I decide? And I didn't want this to just be me. So I put it to you guys, at least the subscribers, you listeners who are subscribers to the Telegram channel. Thank you. Three of you responded. And I'm just going to read out some of the responses. So Tiffany said that if there is pasta, and she hoped that may everyone else's answers be more relevant than mine. And uh, Tim said that, you know, for unfamiliar cafes, he tends to keep an eye out on the equipment. Uh, and that's great because I find myself doing something similar. So I will go into that a little bit more. Um, so I'm just going to leave that for that there for now about what is equipment, what is good equipment, what is the kind of stuff that he looks out for. It happens to align with the stuff that I'm doing. I like that, Tim. We are on the same wavelength. And then he said for roasted coffee supplies in a roaster, um, he is thinking about where I think... Okay, Tim, if you're listening, I hope I understand your response correctly. He seems to be thinking about where does the cafe get its roast from? Because not every cafe is roasting its own beans. I think that's completely fine. And so he's just keeping an eye out for where they get their roast from. And Ian... Um, who was actually on my my uh, the the Canadian episode? <laughs> yeah, uh, he says that for cafe, I think this is especially relevant for him, right? Because he's over in Canada for kind of the first time for an extended period of time for two years. So he says that he will check Google Maps's photos for what equipment they're using. So similar to what Tim is saying, but that's an interesting take to check the photos for the equipment and what does the latte art look like. I'll come back to that in a moment. And how good is their food? Similar to Tiff, although Tiffany has a very specific focus on pasta. And uh, Ian says that for himself, he brews V60 at home. So if he's going to a cafe, it's because he wants a latte or a cortado and maybe a nice meal. Uh, I think that is also very relevant and that does align with the principle behind how I choose cafes that I'm unfamiliar with. And specifically for roasters, then he is wondering if he's buying from a roaster, ordering from a roaster. He wonders if they have free delivery above a certain order. I admit that I do this also when I'm buying uh, roasted coffee for myself to brew at home. And do they have interesting light roasts that I want to try, he says, and are they reasonable in price? And in Singapore dollars, which... Uh, I just happened to check the Canadian dollar is very close in exchange rate to the Singapore dollar is a little bit higher. I think it's 1.03, 1.06, something like that. So he says, 
in Sing dollars, I assume, 16 to 20 for a bag. Now, of course, all of this is largely from a Singaporean perspective, although we do have one person here who responded and he is currently outside of Singapore. But I, I hope that what I'm going to talk about today is relevant for you because like me, you are probably going out to work and getting your coffee from outside a little bit more. And I don't know if the work situation has changed for you. I get the feeling from casually glancing through the news that a lot of people have changed jobs in the last two years, which I suppose is a little bit surprising to me. But, you know, whatever the case is, if you have changed jobs or if you're working from a different location um, and now, especially in Singapore, because now work from office is a bit more of the default, then you're probably in a similar similar situation. Also, I'm recording this on Lunar New Year Eve, 31st of January, 2022. And tomorrow uh, is going to be the first year, uh, first year, the first day of Lunar New Year. And so that means that if you're in Singapore, you are going to be going out probably and visiting relatives or maybe meeting up with friends. But because of the restrictions, the number of visitors that one household can hold per day and at any one time, that probably means that, again, like me, you are going to split up your visits. So you might also need this information. Uh, I hope this reaches you in time, but you might need this information. Um, This is really a bit more of a basic level, right? If you're at the level of someone like Tim or Ian, this is just going to be interesting to you, but I don't think it's going to be very helpful to you because if you're thinking like them, you are already able to make those judgment calls for yourself. But let's say you find yourself in an unfamiliar area, which I think happens almost every Lunar New Year for those of us who have to go around visiting, and you might find yourself needing to kill some time in between. Huh? And you, you need to decide, should I go to this cafe or not? Uhua or not? Okay, so let's get into it. Now, uh, let me do it in reverse order. Ian said that he checks for equipment. Okay, we'll get back to that when we tackle Tim's stuff. Uh, He also looks at how good is their food. I think that's relevant. You might be out with your family and you need to to entertain them. So, you know, I think there's a holistic argument to be made here. It's a holistic decision, right? So check out if they have the food that appeals to you. And he also said, what does the latte art look like? Now, I've noticed there's a trend recently, um, actually in the years leading up to the pandemic even, there's there's been this trend, which I get a feeling kind of comes a little bit more from Thailand and from, uh, I want to say like maybe Malaysia. Um, forgive me, uh, this, this is going to sound semi-racist, but from cultures that value the cute aesthetic a bit more. I've been noticing a trend that when it comes to coffee, the version of latte art is what is termed 3D latte art. So this will be stuff where you have like the, the three-dimensional cat like coming out of the, of the coffee. When you think about what is necessary to do that, you need foam that is pretty foamy, right? It has to have that structure so that it can hold up the 3D latte art. And I want to just say that if that is what you're looking out for, which is cute, I I can't do it myself, right? So no knock against the skill to do that kind of latte art. But in terms of the quality of the coffee and the quality of the milk also, when we are looking at latte art, we should be looking at the kind of foam, the kind of latte art, the, the steamed milk, the frothed milk, that has the consistency a bit more like wet paint. You know what I'm saying? 
So it's kind of runny, but obviously not so runny until it's just like like plain water like that. Because if you froth it correctly, then your then your milk can be used to do the traditional kind of latte art, which is flat. And there, there are, there's loads of skills. Uh, I just came back from a reunion lunch at my brother's place, and he said that there was a cafe. Oh man, someone help me out somewhere in the east. So he he and his wife went somewhere in the east, and they had they had some coffee where they were like they ordered the coffee, and they were wondering what's taking it so long. But when the guy served them the 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 coffee, the latte art was a unicorn. Like the guy drew a unicorn with regular two-dimensional flat foam. That's impressive. And while that is its own skill, being able to pour it out is its own skill. In the first place, you have to froth it correctly. If it's not frothed that way, it's not going to have the microfoam that is pleasant to drink. So the 3D latte art, that's no bueno. That's no go. So uh, then Ian also says that uh, he looks for what he doesn't brew at home, styles that he doesn't brew at home. I am actually the reverse. As you guys know, I brew espresso at home. So if I am out for a coffee, uh, for example, I enjoy stuff like uh, pour over that they do really well at apartment, that they do really well at community, that kind of thing. So that's that's how it would. But I don't suppose this really helps uh, the average person. Lah. If you're really not sure, so now we come to the whole thing about equipment. Okay, so Tim talked about what he thinks is good equipment, and uh, his his line of thinking. Uh, I did not, I didn't talk to him about this beforehand, but it's really similar to what I'm thinking. His line of thinking. Let me just read it out for you. Of course, it isn't the case that good equipment equals good coffee. I think if they invested in good equipment, they probably take coffee more seriously. Than the I'm a cafe and I want to serve. I want to say I serve espresso, but I don't want to spend so much types. For example, if they're using a Sinesso, Slayer, a newer La Marzocco, and Victoria Arduino Mythos, then I would imagine there's a higher chance of the coffee being a bit better because these are the mainstream top end brands in Singapore, at least. Right, stop right there. If those brand names are unfamiliar to you. Let me give you a reality check. I'm just going to pick two of them, right? Okay, so at one end, there is La Marzocco. As the name suggests, that is an Italian brand. Now, if you're in Singapore, you can go over to Tang's and you can see in the basement that they sell a La Marzocco, a single group hit meant for like, you can pull only one shot, pull one drink at a time kind of drink, uh, kind of machine. And this is called the La Marzocco Linear Mini. As far as I know, when it comes to Lama Soko, this is as cheap as it gets. And how cheap are we talking about? If you get the Linear Mini in stainless steel finish, it is $7,299 Sing dollars. 7.3k. That's how much the cheapest end of this supposed home machine costs from this brand, right? But we're talking about a cafe. So... Uh, on the other extreme end of a cafe, you have Slayer. Slayer as a brand is generally thought of, uh, it's been described by multiple people, as the Lamborghini of espresso machines. So much so that you will be able to find articles discussing, is it worth it? Why? Because we're talking about a machine that will cost in the region of $35,000. I think that's US dollars, but... 
man, even if it's Singapore dollars, that is no joke. Okay, so that's the price range that I want you to imagine. And that's what we're talking about. That's what Tim is talking about. That's what I'm thinking of as well. When we think of, check out this cafe, do they have serious equipment or not? So when they have a machine that is costing like someone's annual salary, okay, then yeah, right, that's that's pretty serious. That's a serious, serious investment. And that's just the coffee machine. Then you have the grinder and the grinder will also be not cheap, right? Because if you're a home barista, if you're brewing espresso at home, a general rule of thumb is that you might actually want to spend as much or even more on your grinder than your coffee machine up until a certain level of coffee machine. But that just goes to show, that just goes to show that when we're thinking of whether the the place, the cafe is serious about pulling good shots of coffee, I I really do think that it makes sense to see how much they are willing to, to put into the equipment. Because if they're willing to invest in the equipment, there's a certain level of confidence there. Clearly, that business, rightly or wrongly, as a business, they believe that they can recoup what they spent on the equipment. So, you know, it is it's kind of a statement that they're making that they're not necessarily saying like, wow, I got a lot of capital. They're, they're really saying, I think, they're really saying that I truly believe that I can pull good enough coffee with an overall like good enough setup and maybe they'll have all the other things, right? They'll have the, the food to go with it. They'll have the ambiance to go with it. And that will be able to recoup my investment here. So, really when it comes to whether a place is worth my time or not. And this is true even when I travel, or but it, it's also been true recently like, when I'm in Singapore and I'm just in an unfamiliar area and I want to get a coffee. If I look and honestly, the machine that they have, I don't even recognize it. I, you know, I would generally pass. I would, I would generally like, it's, it's fine. It's okay. You know what's the real deal breaker? Sometimes I, I like having a coffee at, or an avocado at an ice cream place or a gelato place. You, you know what it's like. Some, sometimes these ice cream cafes, they, they have lovely ice cream, great gelato. But I see the coffee machine is the, in one corner there, there will be like some tiny all-in-one jura or something like that. It's like, I just know it's not going to be good. So it's 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 not it's not really worth it's not really worth the time, um honestly, and the the overcharge. So honestly, at that point, it's better. I think it's wiser to just go for a kopi and and be done with that. And so, on that note, I want to give a bonus tip. Uh, I just saw this. That I I just saw this on Channel News Asia. They did one of those CNA insiders about instant coffee. And so this might also be relevant for you, right? Maybe you want to save money and you want to bring instant coffee. So they got a professional barista to advise the host. I think it was uh, Rai, good old days, Jack and Ray, Jack and Rai, sorry. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, but but Rai was the, the host. And the barista was advising, if you, want to, if you want to do instant coffee and you want to make it taste better, uh, some things that you can do is to use cooler water. So instead of doing 100 degree water or 90 degree water, which extracts more of the 
more of the, the solubles. And this, honestly, if you're doing instant coffee, it's probably not going to be that great coffee. So if you extract more of it, you'll get more bitter notes. That's what the guy said. Uh, I do agree. That's been my experience as well. He said, the barista said, use cooler water somewhere more in the region of 70 degrees or 80 degrees. Now, I, I don't know if you're going to be able to get the equipment to do that. Lah, but as a practical suggestion, maybe you can get the water, boil it, and then let it kind of cool down a little bit more. You might have to try an error, like how many minutes you let it cool. Uh, but when the when when the host did the taste test on the show, he found that, yeah, there was a huge, surprisingly noticeable difference in, in the taste of the coffee. So that's a bonus tip. And also because I just really like CNA Insider. So hopefully that'll be helpful for you. Um, but yes, so when it comes to effectively blind tasting or kind of like just going into a cafe blind and you really don't know much else about it, because um, honestly, when I see like cafe reviews, I'm doing air quotes, cafe reviews, no one is really focusing on the coffee. It's weird, but there's tons of food blogs out there in Singapore and they do all these cafe reviews and they don't ever give me a sense that they, they are serious about coffee as reviewers. And then they'll, they'll talk about like everything, but when it comes to, to the actual coffee, they just, oh, you know, they don't mention it or they just say one or two lines. I think that there is a better way. And I think that that better, more objective way is to look at how expensive the equipment is because that is a good sign. Let's bear in mind that when we're talking about expensive machines, you really have to ask yourself, it's not just about having you know, the, the cash to flash, that kind of thing. It's not just about being able to show off that I have so much money. Um, and for the companies that sell it, it's not simply about prestige. For the coffee machine makers, why can they afford to charge so much and still and still be in business? It means that there actually is a market for it. And that strongly suggests that these machines are actually worth the price. And all of that trickles down to you, the customer, that because all of these factors are in play, this entire supply chain, there's companies that are, that are charging so much for their machines, for their grinders, uh, roasters who are charging so much for their roasted coffee, and people are still willing, businesses are willing to buy from them. That really, really suggests that all this stuff is worth it because none of these people are, are purposely making bad investments. So they all sincerely believe, rightly or wrongly, they sincerely believe that spending this much on the equipment and the ingredients to serve you the coffee is worth it because they believe that you will buy enough of it to keep them in business. And so far, I, I have largely enjoyed good coffee when I go by this rule. It's not about the reputation of the cafe. That comes after. It's just taking a look at how serious are they about their equipment. No, never mind the style of the place. Never mind the, the ambiance of the place. Right now on my on my desk, I just had a coffee and I put it on this little coaster right here. This rubber coaster, silicone coaster. It's Starbucks coffee. I'm not using this coaster ironically 
this is a very fond memory uh, for me. This was the the coaster that I bought when I went to Tokyo for the first time. It was the first time I traveled by myself. It was the first time I went to Tokyo. And I went to the Starbucks there, which I discovered was the first Starbucks ever built in Tokyo. I think it's in Ginza. I forget now. And at the time, I really liked Starbucks. I enjoyed it. I loved the ambiance. The coffee is kind of okay. I tended to order espresso campana because I needed the whipped cream to actually make the, the espresso shots more drinkable. But we can change. We can learn. We can get better at spotting and appreciating good coffee. I can do it. I am trying to say that without <laughs> arrogant. But I think I've gotten better at spotting good coffee. And I'll help you be able to pick out good coffee and enjoy good coffee. Because it shouldn't be a waste of your time. It shouldn't be a waste of your money uh, when you're enjoying a coffee. So when I choose cafes, uh, that's the way I do it. And I hope that this is helpful or at least kind of interesting to you. Maybe it's a bit of confirmation bias. I'm not too sure. Um, yes, but anyway, as always, thank you so much uh, for everyone who is a faithful listener, for everyone who is a subscriber on the Telegram channel. If you're not, please do check it out. It's just up on Telegram. Macchiato Memory is the channel name. You'll know it because it's got the same logo as the show. Uh, yeah, but I think that's going to do it for today. That's going to do it for this Lunar New Year because in a matter of hours, it's going to be the new Lunar New Year. Uh, and I really hope that you will be able to find a good place to enjoy a good cuppa and, and rest up in between however many visits and meetups that you have this year. Once again, this has been Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene from Singapore.